Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Carista Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live with another episode of Post Daily Dose, the best little parenting show on the internet. Uh, plug these books real quick. Brian's book, From Fear to Love. You can get this on promotion, Fear to Love Book. Dot com at that permission site you can get this book for seven dollars and ninety five cents and when you get it for seven dollars and ninety five cents you also get two incredible bonuses one is an audio version so when you purchase you don't even have to wait for me to ship it to you you can listen to it immediately we also have this book right here Brian's book the great behavior breakdown and then these two are bundled together um, at postinstitute.com for a little discount. And our newest edition is uh, from Fear to Love Workbook. This workbook is really, really good. Um, if you've ever thought about getting, uh, maybe getting a small group of parents together, uh, just friends, you know, it didn't have to be with this workbook. You don't necessarily have to have some professional leading you. And I think that's really cool because it's right in alignment with everything that these books are about, it's always been a part of our mission to get information in the hands of parents to empower you to do your job. And uh, when these books were written back in the day, um, affect regulation, understanding the emotional regulatory system was all very new information to the field of neuroscience. Understanding the impact of trauma was very new. Many therapists didn't know this information. Many teachers didn't know this information. And traditional, traditional parenting um, and behavior management things is what was being recommended. And so these books were extremely groundbreaking when they were written, and they continue to be extremely useful. They're still relevant and right on the mark in terms of understanding the impact of trauma and what we can do as parents and professionals to... Um, Sorry, Melissa, I'm sitting there reading, and um, I see now that you're speaking to somebody else, which I love. I got to tell you guys, I love it when you mention your friends. I love it when you tag your friends. I love seeing, especially when it it's like growth-promoting conversations happen on our Facebook page. I think that's really cool. Um, and I know many of you all who watch our videos, you guys are so knowledgeable um, you could teach these courses. Like, I know you guys have been reading, researching for years. You've been in this field for years. You've been in the trenches. And we love and appreciate you all so much. So, um, actually, my topic tonight comes from, um, there was, hey, Roberta, I see you're watching. It's good to see you, doll. Um, somebody asked a question under one of our graphics. And honestly, I can't remember exactly what graphic it was, but I thought it was a very interesting question. And the question was basically, could colic be trauma? And I thought, man, that is a really, really, really good question. So of course, one of the first things I did, because I, we hear the term colic, colicky baby. We hear that a lot. What does that really mean? Well, so when you read it, it says, uh, crying for, and I'm, this is my memory working, so crying for three or more hours in a day 
over the course of about three weeks. Colic, they say there's not any place that where they say that there is a definite uh, source. So, you know, there's been a lot of testing and lots of blood work and lots of x-rays over the years related to this idea of having a having a colicky baby. Um, there is some things that talk about it could be a re in relationship to um, cow milk, some sort of reaction to certain proteins in cow milk. Um, there's some suspicion that it could have to do with intestinal upset. It could be trapped gas. Uh, three hours is a long time for a baby to cry, isn't it? Yes, it could definitely be, a, it could create a trauma response for the baby. But probably the thing to talk about with regard to a colicky baby that's even more important or equally as important is the caregivers. Because when you have a baby that's crying for three hours, that is a long time. And they're little babies. Uh, the age related ages that I saw was six months. Uh, I think that's what I saw. No, it might've been six weeks and then usually, uh, is finished by six months. So Angela, I was, maybe it was you who asked the question and I am so sorry that I don't remember. I could pull it up on my computer, but I'm not going to do that. Here's the thing. One of the things that we know is when babies cry for an extended period of time, Without being attended to, they will usually eventually stop crying, but they stop crying because their brains have gotten so overwhelmed with stress hormones that the brain literally is shutting down. So that is not healthy. A colicky baby, when we continue to be emotionally present and doing the best that we can to comfort and soothe we are helping to uh, sidestep and alleviate some of the elements that would then lead to the brain being more overwhelmed with cortisol and stress hormones. So that's interesting to think about, isn't it? Um, so as much as you want the baby to no cry, you want to keep holding that baby because you don't want to let put them down and have them not uh, have them be begin to shut down. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking about is when we start talking about that, then we also might have issues around nutrition. We might have issues around absorption. We might have issues where eating does not feel good. And it, you know, biologically speaking, we want eating to be a very pleasant experience for our babies because that's part of you know, it's their nutrition. It's how their bodies are going to grow. It's everything, right? I mean, when we're talking about little babies, um, the very basics, sleep, eat, peeing, pooping, we need those four functions to be going well for our babies. Otherwise, it becomes very alarming. And so colicky babies then may there may uh, produce some anxiety and stress around eating. There could be anxiety and stress around pooping. And those things can then begin to create additional complications. 
and then we start stepping off into things that I think of more kind of the more complex pieces of medical trauma. Medical trauma is a very real thing. Um, you know, babies who have repeated shots or repeated blood draws or attempts. Oh, that's just bringing back a little trigger for me even being a mother of a child who has had medical trauma. And we think of it so much about our children, but I just want to compassionately also speak to those parents because that is, it's exhausting. It's so hard to see your baby, your tiny babies. I mean, even our big babies. So let's not, let's not joke about it. I mean, no matter the age of our child, it can be so hard watching them have to go through these medical nece medically necessary interventions. Um, it's hard even for the doctors and the nurses. You know, when a nurse is trying to get a blood draw from a baby or put an IV in a baby's arm and their veins are so little and the baby's just crying and crying and crying and then literally you can feel the tension you can feel the parents' tension. You can feel the nurses' tension. Everybody gets elevated in their stress and anxiety and everybody's struggling to try to be okay in the middle of all of this. Literally, you know, it's it's like an, it is a necessary trauma that you're watching take place because of the medical needs of the child. So yeah, you know, it all gets, uh, it all gets pretty complex. I feel like, though, one of the most important things that we can do is remember the value of the oxytocin release mechanism. And so, you know, pouring in additional soothing, additional comforts, lots of rocking and carrying and baby literally carrying them in a baby sling facing you. Um, I, I'm not a fan of those baby slings where the infant is facing the world. I want my infant protected. I want my infant close to me. I want my infant hearing my voice, smelling my smell, hearing my heartbeat, and they're completely protected. When they're facing outward, there's a lot of opportunity for them to be very overwhelmed by the world coming at them. So just being mindful about those sorts of, just those sorts of things. Um, I'm a fan of co-sleeping, I know. For children in foster care, that's a big no. You know, obviously you have to be mindful about safety, um, but uh, especially when you're dealing with things like a colicky baby, we, adult exhaustion is a real thing. Trying to provide comfort is a real thing. Um, and I know that as we can, as much because we're not born with an oxytocin, an active oxytocin release mechanism, and so when you think about the colicky infant, they're colicky, they're uncomfortable. There's an outpouring of 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 tears because there's something going on where they are in a physical distress, and then they begin sort of looping in that tearfulness, and even though they're not responding to the comfort by not crying, that doesn't mean that the comfort that you're giving isn't having a positive effect. And so even, even though they are still crying because of the discomfort, because they are colicky, 
the comfort that you're giving is still building the oxytocin release mechanism. So I think it's pretty complex and the short, I gave a really long answer with a whole lot of things that I thought about when I was reading. And so the answer is yes, there's a lot of things about infants going through those things that can be traumatic and also traumatic for us as parents in the sense that then, you know, we're exhausted. And now when our self-care is off, um, and then if this is, you know, obviously this is a newer born baby. And so uh, if it's a, a birth mom, then our hormones are all out of whack. And, um, you know, um, postpartum depression is a real thing. It is a real thing with biological basis. Um, and hormones are so powerful. And so a colicky baby, the greatest risk for colicky infants literally is child abuse, shaken baby syndrome, because parents are so fatigued and exhausted. If they're doing it alone, they definitely need our support. They definitely need our help. Somebody else may need to hold that crying baby so the mama and the daddy can get some sleep. That is definitely a time when having a village, having a support network is extremely, extremely important. Um, so it's not a, just a cut and dry answer because there's it, it adds a lot of different complexities to the equation. Um, Roberta said, hey, the title got me. I was a failure to thrive child with projectile vomiting. Colicky? Maybe. Amen on caregivers. Mother and father were horrible too. That's with post-traumatic stress with exaggerated startles. Oh my goodness. God, Roberta, thank you for sharing that because that Ooh, that just kind of gives me chills thinking about the intensity that might have been experienced by your parents and then by you, how something that was already difficult became way more difficult and complex because of your parents' PTSD your parents' sensitive amygdala, your parents' sensitive startle response because of trauma, and then having a colicky baby, you see that. Do you guys see how that is like a recipe for ooh, big, big, big difficulties, big hurts, possibly big lifetime, just lifetime injuries and wounds? out of parental pain and generational blueprints of wounds. Oh my goodness, my goodness. I am so, so, I'm so thankful for you sharing that. I've heard just in this last week, it's something I'm hearing these stories, uh, the revelation, the revealing stories of parents, many who are adoptive parents, and they're sharing about how their children's trauma and their trauma reaction, and sometimes their de defendedness, and their their bitter words that come out. And you know, in our paradigm, we're grateful for the words because we know without the words that our kids are likely to drop into behavior because this stuff needs to get out. They need to have be able to express it. 
the pain that they experience. And I know it's messy and I don't like mean words either. I'm not saying I like the words, but I just prefer it over destruction of property or harm to self and others. But I'm hearing these stories of these really hurtful words that kids are saying. And then as the parents go someplace where they can kind of process it, these very deep wounds of abuse and neglect uh, sexual abuse, threats of being, you know, if you tell anybody, I will kill you, that parents who are now raising children who come from these difficult places that these parents have experienced. And so um, in that conversation and in those conversations, one of the things that I have also heard these very same parents say, which I think is incredible, they said, you know what, I didn't survive I didn't survive being abused. I didn't survive having my mom say, I never wanted you to begin with. I didn't survive being sexually abused by my neighbor and threatened with my life. I didn't survive all of that to not help somebody else through it. And to me, that is, um, that's really powerful. That is so courageous that to me is when we step out of the blueprints of generational wounds. And it's not your obligation. You know, I'm not trying to say it's anybody's obligation, but just the people who do, the people who step outside of that wounded place and that hurt place, and they find ways to hold that grief and also find joy and find a way to help their, their hurting children or to help other hurting adults. To help, you know, to be able to say, you know, yes, I was once down in that hole of darkness. And that doesn't mean I won't trip and maybe find myself in it again. But I have found a way out of that darkness. And because I know a way out, I feel, feel like part of my job is to reach down and help others too. To me, that's pretty amazing. And so... Um, Roberta, when I read your story, and I know that you follow our page, and I know a little bit about you, I know that that experience left a big mark, but it's also a big experience that gives you insight into pains that other people have. Sometimes I feel, like myself, I feel grateful for some of the things I've experienced because now it helps me be able to relate to people who've had similar experiences. So I know we started off talking about colicky babies and we got off into talking about lots of other things related to trauma, but you know, it's Friday, so <laughs> we're gonna ramble. Hopefully there'll be something in it that touches you all. Hopefully there'll be something in it that um, you grow from, um, something in it that will help you in the, with the lives of your children, knowing that, yes, colic could then manifest into trauma and knowing that, you know, that may mean that there are food sensitivities, texture sensitivities. There could be um, toileting fears, you know, so there's other anxieties that can get, that can manifest out of um, early infant um, colic experiences and especially being mindful for parents who are working to soothe their babies through those medical challenges. It's a really big deal. So 
It's Friday. I hope you guys have plans for a beautiful evening and a lovely weekend in some way or another. I hope you're doing something that you can enjoy your family. Um, I also hope that there are things that you can do to feed your soul, feed your spirit, maybe have a date night. Maybe your kids could even help prepare a date night. They could help set the table or pick some wildflowers and put them in a vase so mama and daddy can have a delightful dinner and a beautiful evening. I don't know. Whatever it looks like for your family. I hope you guys sprinkle love and joy in each other's lives. Remember to let the love you have for your children shine from your eyes. Let them feel it. Let them feel it. When we work on the posture of our heart, everything can organically flow from that in a way that just feels very natural. Remember, in any given moment, we can act out of our blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm, or we can take one to two to three deep breaths, and we can choose love. Much love to you guys. We'll see y'all on the